0: Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the b-ball Breakdown Live show. As always, I am joined by Andrew Combo, Salaf, to discuss uh today we're going to discuss game 1, a bit of a shocker. I did not have a blowout by the Celtics on the road on my bingo card. Did you, Combo?
1: Not at all, and especially after a Steph Curry explosion like that in the first half. It was really interesting how that went and Obviously, Steph was on the bench for a little bit, and he didn't get his bearings back quite like he had it early in the game. A great game from Derek White, from Peyton Pritchard. Tatum didn't shoot well, but he definitely had his impact as well. Jalen Brown, Al Horford, you know, I kind of mentioned him as him being like the best role player the Celtics have. He played great. So it was a really interesting game. What was your thoughts on it, Coach Nick? Uh,
0: Well, you know, I wanted to do a video. I ran out of time uh, as the X Factor being Jordan Poole. Because I felt like he was going to be the guy they were going to need to have as that you know against that defense as a pr- pressure release and then to fill up the ba- uh, the box score, and that kind of proved true because he didn't really come to play. First game jitters, perhaps. Marcus Smart just, do you see that play where he just literally just takes it out of his hands and some sort yes. of on the right wing? I mean, that was a little bit embarrassing. Um, so all of those things, uh, you mentioned are, 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 are are applicable. I'm doing a video right now. We're focusing on the Boston Celtics. The Celtics fans would like the music I chose, I think today, very Boston music. And, um, we can, we need to discuss a little bit more about like these threes that Horford and White were hitting, um, and first of all, if you have any questions or when you want you want your comments on the screen, as always, don't forget the Super Chat is the way to go. It helps us keep the show going. So thank you so much for doing that part. Uh, we have a lot of people out there that were very generous and that we would love to give you some love. Um, and uh, let's see here to get back to the Derek White and um, Al Horford. So they were guarding Derek White like he was shooting in the regular season, which is below 30 percent. Okay, they started out that way. Did you notice that how they were kind of giving him a extra room? Yes, I did. So here's where, like, you know, scouting reports could get in the way a little bit because things change. Derek White's role has developed over the course of the playoffs. It's a little bit different. Um, but he really, even in the playoffs before game one, was still only shooting like 33%. I went and looked all these numbers up. So, like 33%. So, okay, I'll go under a screen, right? Would you go under a screen against a 33 point three percent shooter on the on, from three? Yes, I would. Okay. So they, they did it once. They dared him. Um, he hits that one, I believe. Oh, I may have to call these up now in my mind. But um, but anyway, uh, but but Jordan Poole was the guy who was giving him extra room on the catches and letting him look at it and, you know, think about it. Now, after he gets two or three of those to go, that one that tied the game at 103 on the left wing. Curry- oh, man.
1: And was that the one that, like, he's Steph Curry, Steph Curry? Like, I feel like that's how defenders feel when they're guarding Steph.
0: Yeah, exactly. Steph was in his jersey. The clock was running down. They had gotten nothing out of that. You know, by the way, that was the beginning. That was like five minutes to go or so. That was the shot that catapulted them into the next, into the well, the tie, and then they got the lead and they kept going from there. Um, Al Horford shots, though, when you look at them closely – um it it almost felt like draymond green wasn't prepared for this game he played a pretty bad defensive game some things were okay but against uh horford he was not he he was guarding him like he was um gosh who's the worst shooter in the league that's that's how he was guarding and like almost daring him to shoot it over and over again and i gotta tell you despite the catapult al horford can get that shot to go in and he was before game one in the playoffs at 43 percent so this guy was on fire at over four a game this is not the guy you want to leave open
1: I 100 percent agree and the thing is with Draymond if he's not doing it on the defensive end he's also another guy who doesn't space it for the Warriors ball movement player movement on uh, offense on the other end especially when you have like a guy with like Looney with them and you have two guys who aren't spacers so you need that defensive Draymond to be a full effect to get his full value
0: uh, absolutely. And like, he won't be two for 12 bad again, I don't think. Right. right. Um, but I did have a good tweet last night that said that every dream on three point shot, another angel loses its wings. Um, he was jacking those up and a couple, they didn't need to do that. And, um, you know, here's, what's interesting in my mind, he, I know he wants to space to the corner, but he can find better ways like on the weak side to be in different positions um, so that other guys can fill that corner uh, we saw that at some point. I was talking to my wife when we were watching it. And now I have to remember. Um, they they did a nice driving kick. I think it may have been for a Draymond three when it was probably Porter or I think it was Porter on, on the. Uh, it was a right wing cor- uh, corner three. Right, sorry, right corner three. Porter was like on the right wing and Porter was on fire from three. And at some point, like that, should be switched. You should always have the better shooter in the corner. And they had a few seconds where they could have switched that out, but Draymond just stood there. Porter just stood there because they want to spot up. But I feel like that's an interesting failing on them. I probably most NBA teams don't necessarily recognize that. You know, if there's a moment where they can do that while the pick and roll is going on the other side, they could switch that. You want the better shooter in the corner. Do you do, can you follow
1: that? A hundred percent. And some of the guys for the Warriors weren't knocking them down when they should have. Like I remember Wiggins missing a wide open corner three that he just has to knock down in the finals. As you know, it's a make or miss league. And if, if Wiggins is not knocking that down, man, it's going to be tough for the Warriors.
0: So what do you make of this whole thing about, uh, you know, White and um, and Horford are not going to go 10 for 11, wherever they went, you know, from three again. And so uh, mm-hmm. the Warriors should feel OK about themselves. What do you think about that?
1: Well, the Warriors fans could say that, sorry, the Celtics fans could say that Steph Curry went nuclear in the first half or almost nuclear, and we withstanded that and came back and won the game really handily. So you could look at it either way. I don't know, man. Derek White seems to be in pretty good rhythm, and he's been shooting it pretty well lately. I know the reason why those percentages were down was because... He he wasn't shooting them great earlier in the year, right? But he was the perfect piece for them as a connective piece. And um, defensively, he fit what they do. Even though people were targeting him earlier in the playoffs, he was actually the most impactful defender on Steph in this game. So it's really interesting. His impact is amazing. And yeah, they might not shoot like that from three, but that doesn't mean that they still can't edge out wins. But I'm going to stick with my prediction, Warriors and seven, man. I got to stick with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know it, it still feels like it's going to be you know I said Warriors and six it, that could even still happen because there was yeah. it, here's the thing the 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 Celtics so the 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 stat I tweeted out earlier was that the uh, starters for the Warriors which primarily matched up uh, against the starters for the Celtics were a plus thirty four point seven or something like that um, and meanwhile the starters for the Celtics were a negative negative twenty five they played a couple minutes less so what I was seeing at least in game one. Is that the the starters? If you you know those two guys are going at each other for forty eight minutes, the Warriors win that game. Like that, that's the matchups, at least for last night, and that seems like it could continue to go that way. Uh, would favor the Warriors without question. Ime was able to then through the alchemy of personnel management, whatever you know. Listen, what did you make of? Let's give a shout out to, to Peyton Pritchard. He took Marcus Smart's minutes in the fourth quarter, and he played. He didn't even have an incredible. He, I think he had eight points in twelve minutes, which is is okay but um, he was just making plays and he was just all, he was in there at the right time when they were making their good runs. So what did you make of that? Like s- smart, having to sit there and watch while the Celtics came a- all the way back.
1: Yeah. He just outplayed smart. I mean, I really liked what I saw from paying pitcher when I was out in Vegas in summer league, I probably tweeted that. I thought he was going to have a breakout season. Uh, there was times during the season that he wasn't even playing, but defensively, He was really good. Like, that's maybe one of the reasons why you don't play Payne. maybe. Like, I think he's better on offense than he is on defense. But it seemed like, like, you know, matchups make series and matchups make games. And sometimes you can't really tell why, but just certain players pop in whatever the solution is of that game, if that makes sense, Coach Nick.
0: Weren't we scratching our heads about Pitchard's lack of playing time in the last series a little bit, like there are moments
1: where he just disappeared? Yeah, maybe there's something that we don't know. I I couldn't really figure it out.
0: Yeah, I, I, I. By the way, in the the game is going really fast. It's crazy. Everyone's trying to keep up with everything. You could just sort of forget to or put him in, or or you know, uh, Smart was going well, doing well, and so let's let that ride a little bit longer, and then he misses his you know spot where he would have come in or something. But uh, they certainly could use him even more in the in the Heat series. So uh, that was great to see. He was just sort of making plays. He hit a key three as well. So, you know, the uh, the Celtics go 21 of, uh, what is it, 40, 21 of 41 from three, over 50%, 51%. Wow. Uh, the Warriors, though, were 19 for 45 to 42%. So maybe this is the series. I meant it last time. It didn't always come out that way, but maybe for the Dallas and Warriors, the uh, Golden State series, maybe this is the series where, you know, the guy who has the most, the team that has the most threes is the team that wins. Um, three, an ad- advantage of three threes isn't like huge. But certainly an advantage of you know almost nine percentage points on those threes is, and then you couple that with like you know the fourteen turnovers. Draymond I thought uh, had a, a, a terrible key one on the right wing where he just kind of throws it away. I think that's the other thing about the fourth quarter collapse of the offense. Steph Curry does come in and they still don't get it going again after his uh, you know wonder start. So I think they kind of almost look tired. did, did, did they look tired to you?
1: they definitely didn't have the intensity or the aggressiveness as the celtics that's for sure they didn't have the pep in their stuff that the celtics had i saw that 100
0: and that reminds me of the country's best roasters that have partnered with trade coffee to bring you the freshest and best tasting coffee delivered right to your door after filling out their taste quiz i've been blown away with how well they've matched their coffee choices with my taste Everyone has been a surprising burst of perfect flavors suited to me specifically, and I look forward to each new delivery. Their human algorithm and army of taste testers will definitely find the perfect coffee for you. And with their trade match guarantee, if you don't like the first bag they send you, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash bball. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash bball and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. And don't forget about Mother's Day coming up. A Trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. Well, we have, you know, best friend of the breakdown, Bron is out here with, uh, with a, our first super chat of the day. So thank you so much, Bron. Really appreciate that. And it's a really good question, which we can kind of, we do, we're talking a little bit about Horford in the shooting. Uh, hey coach, thoughts on Horford's catapult release slash energy transfer. How is his rhythm so smooth on the catch? Well, I, I don't think we can call it smooth. He doesn't dip the ball. At least he doesn't dip the ball in the traditional way where we talk about, which is a downward direction and then upward again. He literally just catches it and gets right to the set point. Um, here's my take on that. He's, he gets so prepared so early that, like, as he's catching it, he's already getting it to the set point right away because normally that kind of motion, that catapult, um, would be too slow to get off against, you know, NBA players. Uh, he's also tall. But then I think that there is a dip but the dip is in a different vector than what we would normally think. I think that the dip he's getting is sort of going backwards as he's getting the ball from where he caught it to the set point and it's backwards forwards. And it's that quick of a release that he's almost getting that. If you can picture that instead of down up into the shot, it's back forward into the shot. And um, you know, most of the time he's got room, right? So those are the things that I've What have you seen about his shot?
1: Yeah. Sometimes Players just happen to give bigs more room than little guards just from something mental in their head over the years. But that is fascinating that he could still get decent energy transfer from having the ball go back and then forward and recalibrating that and having that as a repeatable shot and and to be a consistent as of a shooter as he is.
0: Well, I don't know about you, but when I used to warm up, you know, and I was a good three-point shooter, I used to kind of do that. I would literally just get it here, get, you know, stop, set, get everything set, and just, just bend my knees and shoot from there. Just to kind of find that position, find that release, I would do that just to warm up. It's kind of like what he does, right? He kind of quickly mm. like gets it there and just sort of in one motion push it. It's It's not a one motion. It's two motion because he's got to get it there, but – um yeah it, it's quick that that's my my biggest thing with him is that he's able to get it off pretty quick uh and that's the key here um and it, it appears and for the most part even when the guys are getting close and kind of getting in his face that's not really affecting his mechanics he's able to can maintain the the right uh you know distance and right calibration and uh the thing that yeah drove me nuts was when you watch uh you know Draymond just giving it not even closing out on him it was weird on a few of those um you would think that it, w- in, with the pressure of the moment on the road, like in Game Two, if they can add a little bit more pressure—that's not a lot, but a little bit more—then he won't go six for eight. I think that's what he went six for eight. Let me check that real quick. He won't go. Let me scroll. Al Horford six for eight, and so and combined we had Grant. Will, uh, Sorry, Peyton Pitcher going. You know, uh, sorry. We had uh, Derek White going five for eight. So my math. 11 for 16. Yeah, they're not going to go 11 for 16 again. They probably won't get 16 three point shots again in another game to come
1: up. What do you, yeah? What are your thoughts on the rust versus rest debate? Maybe just the Celtics were more in game mode and the Warriors were a little bit more in vacation mode.
0: You know, I, I did want to check really quickly when they last played because it was five, six days bef- ago, right? Um, yeah. And so there's something to that, but usually by the halftime, they kind of get that rust off and they can kind of get going again, which by the way, they did in the third quarter in the typical fashion. So like I said, that starting unit of the Celtic of the Warriors had their number and they had a, they had a 15 point lead at the end of the third quarter, like at home, they don't lose those games. That one was so astounding by this whole thing. In fact, I mean, I had, I had thoughts in that moment in the, in that middle of the third quarter. I'm like, there's no chance. The Celtics have to win this now. Of course, we got to talk about Tatum. Now, Tatum had a really off game, as he's wont to do. Like a lot of game ones, he, t- he tends to struggle, right? And it's maybe nerves. It has to be nerves because when I was studying all the shots, uh, there's a lot of funky footwork going on. And I think f- mm-hmm. footwork, when that gets all weird and the balance gets off, is because you don't feel comfortable. Uh, what do you think about that? You've been in those situations before. In terms of footwork? Well, in terms of playing in, like, big games in front of a lot of people. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I think everybody has some butterflies at the beginning of a final series, right? I mean, Steph Curry didn't seem to, but I think everybody has (laughs) it. But I I think once you get in the rhythm and the flow of the game, you kind of forget all that, and you're just playing a sport that you've been playing for, what, 20 years? And I think that goes out the window eventually. I don't think players are still nervous when they play, like, 10 minutes already, right? At at least they shouldn't be. But in the very beginning, yeah, when that ball tips off, you are definitely, I think, all 10 players are feeling butterflies and everybody else on the bench as well.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Cause yeah, you know, uh, uh, Tatum just couldn't get it going. He could not get his, uh, his footwork was weird. Like there were times he traveled on one. They missed, we missed the three and it's almost like, I think sometimes if you realize you travel and you get away with it, you miss the shot sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, you almost like, oh, I, that was not good. Uh, but it also means that your footwork was a little bit off as it was. And so he airballed, I think, that one big time. Uh, on, a, on, He caught the ball, the right foot down, and then went left, right, left. And they didn't call it. At any rate, uh, it, ball don't lie. He airballed it. But um, there was a couple moments where he'd do like a spin, and he, his feet are too close together, and they're uh, not in the right position to, to jump. Another time where he spun, and then he just didn't even see Looney who had come over to, to, to help because he spun. I guess his back was to, to Looney for a second, and then just catapulted himself into the defenders hoping for a foul, and he got blocked. So I suspect he'll be a lot better in the next game. So that's why Celtics can say, well, we won the game, even though you know uh, Tatum was not good at all. Um, but then I guess you have the same argument with like Draymond, right? Draymond's not going to go two for 12, but I had tweeted this, you know, in March and I re had it, shared it again, or May and I, or a month ago, I, and then I shared it again. Uh, sometimes Kiban Looney and Draymond Green are competing for who is uh, more suboptimal and finishing at the basket. I feel like that's a real uh, thing that they neither of them have ever improved much.
1: Yeah, I mean, Draymond did have a little bit of energy in that first half. I remember him grabbing a rebound, putting it back up. Getting strong. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He lost it as the game went on, though.
0: Yeah. Well, he gets hurtling to the basket too fast and gets really bad angles and trying to hit off the backboard and whatnot and hoping for fouls. And, you know, it's not really a great look. And so, and remember, he is a liability at all times anyway because they don't want to guard him. Um, so he can't afford to have like low uh, field goal percentages. That That's the key. He needs to, you know, not take those shots or knock some of those down. He missed a couple, he missed all three of his free throws. And watch for that because I had actually suggested that with about three minutes to go. They had a nice, you know, 10 point lead. Like if, they're, if you're up by 10 or 11 with three and a half minutes to go against the Warriors, what's your primary concern? What's the concern that's going to get them back in the game to win it? What do you think?
1: say that again coach nick
0: if you're if you're up by nine or ten with like three and a half minutes to go what's what's the big concern that's going to lead you to lose that game if you're in that situation
1: not playing the way you have been playing
0: well like, what are the warriors going to do that's going to help them win the game
1: oh man they got to get I'm stops What? <laughs> they got to get stops
0: yeah because be the warriors are going to do what they're going to make
1: threes these, yeah so this guy testing me on the live show.
0: <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I, that, that would be called pimping you on in, in improv, and I, I should never do that. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, I thought we had a symbiosis here. I thought we were, you know, had a mind meld. Nonetheless, we, did. Uh, we did. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the yes. only way you're gonna, you're gonna the Warriors would win that kind of game is the, if Clay goes nuts, right? And he hits like two or three crazy threes, and then Steph hits a three or two, and next thing you know, you're down by two, right? Like in a minute. Right. So what I'm thinking is, is what they should, they can use if they want to in those situations is just hack a DeAndre. Or, sorry, hack a DeAndre, hack, hack Draymond. a Draymond, um, oh, yeah. that's who they would do. And I, I wouldn't have blamed them. Like they could have done that for about 90 seconds and completely obliterated any um, rhythm the Warriors are trying to get and certainly would el- eliminate any threes they're going to make. And I would I would be suspect about how many Draymond's going to make of those. If you foul him three times, maybe he'll make two of those. Uh, I think that would be a good result of that. So uh, Draymond, you know, he's just got to work – You know, I, I've always, my solution for, for, for skill deficits there, you got to actually work on that skill.
1: And also also the team, also the the team got to give him the resources to work on that skill and really focus on that early in the season. I don't know why he can't get that three points percentage up a little bit because there was a time he was shooting a lot better.
0: I mean, for a very brief time, a long time ago, right? Like, yeah, but I, I can't remember the last time that was that way. And, and all of this, the floater stuff that he missed as well is not great. And so, um, I'm sure. I mean, I guess he's practicing it. It's like when you go to a, a Warriors practice. Right after that, for the next hour, all you're gonna, you're, what you're gonna really see is Steph going over all his form shooting, really, you know, rigorously. You're gonna see Clay doing all this stuff. I, I would see Wiggins doing things. I, in I've been going for a long time. I can't picture in my mind's eye after a practice, Draymond staying after and working on stuff. Now again, it's a very small sample size, and you know, I'm sure he he was, but like. You know, when I think about those times, it's like I, I can see Steph Curry shooting thousands of shots and Heberov, you know, in and Clay, and I, and I, I don't, I cannot picture Draymond doing that. And the results are what the results are. So he, if he's not, if he's, if he's doing it, he's got to do it better, and he's got to do it more. Uh, yeah. We have a new, um, another super chat, another very generous. Thank you so much, uh, Mike. Wow. Oh, and you know what? Did I miss one other one? Forgive me. Wait a minute. Let me make sure I get the right order here. Um, Oh, that was bronze. No, there's another one somewhere in this chat. Uh-oh, maybe it's after that. Okay, I feel good. Okay, cool. First one is Mike. Mike Quaglia, thank you so much. And that's, this is so generous of you. I can't believe this from the bottom of my heart. Uh, really awesome thing uh, stuff there. Uh, Celts fan here. I was nervous going into game one. The first three quarters didn't help. But the Celtics kept Golden State from running away with it. I was shocked at how they closed it out. Thoughts? Well, let's not forget, they were winning at halftime. So the second quarter, you shouldn't have felt too bad, Mike. Uh, they were actually doing very well to turn that whole thing around. Um, you know, let's just let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's not really an elephant in the room, but, you know, why did Iguodala get any minutes?
1: Uh, yeah, I was, like, thinking, like, what, they were load managing him the whole last series and then decided to have him play. This
0: the whole series. I don't think he's played. I, I'm going to call it a talking. It's been it's been months since he's played, I think. Yeah, um, exactly. It's very strange. Now, I guess they got a little bit of a lead, so he felt like there's some, you know, we have a little leeway here, but uh, his minutes really sunk the Warriors, even though he went like two for three or whatever it
1: was. Right. He hit that nice mid range shot. He looked like he was in rhythm and confident, but you're right. I mean, he doesn't look like he's ready to play. He doesn't look like he's up to the speed of the yeah. game.
0: So, but let's keep it up with Mike what he wants to know, because he wanted, to, I think, is wants it from a Celtic standpoint. So, um, you know, obviously the three pointers get all the headlines, but it's like the guys that were making some cool key plays were, uh, like Peyton Pritchard, uh, you know, getting, he got an offensive rebound here and there. And just like being in good positions, um, who else was, was doing nicely for them?
1: And he uh, also, fit, he also fits what the Celtics do because he's not slow up and down. Like he gets up and down, he could finish in transition and obviously he could space with the three.
0: Yeah. Now I thought Robert Williams, you know, again, he's, he's banged up. He's hurt his knees bothering him. He's just not, he's not a factor. He wasn't a factor last night. Maybe as the series goes on, maybe his knee knee feels better. You know, they had a, they had a, I think a key alley-oop to him that was big. Um, And again, more of that rotational stuff that just uh, you don't normally see breakdowns like that from the Warriors defense. So that's another interesting thing they're gonna have to figure out. They can clean that up uh, after all this time of, uh, you know, they had practices they had time to, to get prepared. Now, on the flip side, the, the, let's talk about the Celtics. Wholly unprepared defensively in the first quarter. They were yeah. leaving Steph Curry open. They were not switching properly. They were guys, both guys going to the cutter and leaving Curry by himself. Um, is, do you have any insight into what, what that's about?
1: Yeah, that was like recalibration. That And even Marcus Smart said it. This is not the heat. And I think that was part of it. This is a different style of team, and it took some time for them to get used to it.
0: Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Because to me, I know that Mark Jackson had said that too, where it's like inspiring that they had played so you know poorly in that first quarter or down and then had gotten the lead by the halftime. He was right. I, at some point, I thought, well, I don't think that's a great way to look at it only because... Um, it's just masking, you know, they're getting away with it. Uh, and by the way, I was right at halftime going into the third quarter because they couldn't keep getting away with that again in the third quarter. Um, let me call it the third quarter stats because I want to see here real quick.
1: Uh, well, let's who, say, I mean, Coach Nick, I mean, I think it's simple like this. Like if you're playing one-on-one somebody for a week, right? And then the next week you play somebody different, it's going to take you about a few points to get used to this new player, right? Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah I'll take you a quarter. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, I mean the whole drop coverage, which was really cool. They caught, you know, uh, Marcus smart saying, t- talking to probably Williams about dropping too far. Uh, yeah. he wanted them to meet him with a three point line and then drop. So there's an interesting, you know, um, uh, nuance here with drop coverage, because it's really a really question of where do you start before you drop? And it depends on the shooter. And obviously with Steph, you got to, you got to start a lot higher and then drop and hope to stay in front of the guy. But that's what, you know, Steph is really good at, too. In that third quarter, though, if you want to look at the numbers here, you know, Andrew Wiggins was the chief culprit here with 12 points and two threes. Um, you know, he was looking really good. He was playing good defense on Tatum. And, you know, listen, Tatum was off a little bit, but I got to tell you the Warriors had something to say about that. Their defense was pretty good on him and, and, and made his made those shots uncomfortable without question.
1: Yeah, I think it is muscle memory for guys like Robert Williams. Like I remember in the TBT, it was the Elam ending, right? And the team needed three, I'm pretty sure. I don't, you're familiar with the TBT, right?
0: I had a team in there uh, in 2015. Are you saying that Robert Williams played on the team in the TBT?
1: <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is because oh. of a guy was used to dropping and the team needed three and the Elam ending, the muscle memory told him to drop and the guy hit a three off the dribble. You get it? Ah, it's okay. like you have like that's a situation where you have to guard the three. And because of muscle memory, he wasn't close enough. So uh, I mean,
0: I, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I yeah. mean, is it muscle memory or is it just like bad, bad brain? Because, you, you know, you always know when when Steph Curry coming around that, that you better meet him a little higher. Uh, I it was kind of cool, though. I was able to point out. So Marcus Smart, he is a good defender. It's a lot more instinctual. It's not necessarily as, um Cerebral. you know, uh, as what? Cerebral. Cerebral is not exactly the word, but like the precision isn't necessarily there for him. And they, they, they caught him stuck behind a screen on one of those threes from Curry where the guy didn't step up in time and Curry just flashes the three, I believe it was Curry. And um, what was interesting, though, is the footwork. When you watch uh, Chris Paul get around screens, what makes him so good is that what I call the slalom step. We might even talk about this before. And I did a whole video on this a long time ago um, is, you know, you take your uh, let's see here. The high foot. In this case, it was the left foot because the the ball was going toward the left side of the court. If you could picture that, and you kind of you kind of do a slalom step. You kind of like you know when you're skiing and you're slaloming, and you kind of land on your one foot, and then you know. So that's what you need to do is get that left foot higher than Wiggins' right foot, which is the, his high foot setting the screen, and then you t- turn and you pivot, you uh, swivel your hips, you gotta, and then you run to get around that screen so they can't get your shoulder hands over hands. right. What's that?
1: You got to get your shoulder over
0: uh shoulder is part of it but to me it's the foot placement which i think mm-hmm. kind of leads everything out from there mm-hmm. he kind of ran into the screen and had to take like four or five little steps to try and get around and that's just too slow you're never gonna get there so um yeah. I- I'll, be- I'll have to do another video on that and kind of develop that even more because it's it's really a key component to any kind of drop coverage now because when you drop that guard's got to get around that screen as quickly as he possibly can and like you'll so you'll see, Smart doesn't really do that. Doesn't really focus on that kind of stuff. He just like I have to get it on the screen, and I'm gonna really try hard. But it's sometimes against guys like Steph, like that's not gonna work for them. And I, I suspect we'll see more of those kind of shots or, or more opportunities for Steph to when he gets around those screens to do some work because Marcus Smart's getting hung up. Um, unless he cleans it up, we'll see. We have another super chat, though. Let's do that. So, thank you, Mike. Again, that was very generous. Really appreciate it. And uh, and again, you know, we keep saying the Celtics are going to lose in six or seven. Um, so, you know, you could still feel a little bit, um, you know, nervous <laughs> about all this. But we'll see what happens in game two. But now we have um, oh, where's that one? Amazing M. Thank you so much. The Celtics' offense looked better uh, when not facing super physical teams like the Heat and the Bucks. The Jays didn't turn over the ball as much. Uh okay. What what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, when you got guys like Kyle and Jimmy and PJ Tucker, I mean those guys could really muck it up and make things tough for you. Those guys are super tough, so I definitely see what he's saying. The Warriors are more of a finesse team. They're a good defensive team, but they're more of a skilled defensive team and not as much of a physical defensive team like some of the guys on the Heat, so I definitely see what he's saying there, and you're right. The C's offense did look smoother. A lot of that was because of Derek White and Peyton Pritchard and obviously Al Horford knocking down all those threes.
0: Sure. Well, Tatum had two turnovers. Uh, Jalen Brown had four, so you know, it didn't work that great for Jalen Brown, um, and I- I'm confident that if they continue to pressure them you're going to see moments where you know they're going to fumble the ball or the ball's going to go flying all over the place. I know that Brown struggled from with, with the extra physical stuff too when he was turning it over against the Heat but um, you know, I, I've seen enough over the, net, the last several years of the loose handle on both Brown and Tatum that I think it's going to yeah. end up veering its ugly head at some point as long as the Warriors continue to keep just pressure on them but yes, it's definitely a different kind of pressure uh, and, and at least Tatum can hang his head on that where he didn't have um, so many of those fumble dribbles. I did notice that when the, when that would come up earlier, when Smart doesn't play, and then they expect him to bring the ball up a lot. That's when you can pressure in the backcourt and maybe make it you know uh, slow him down, knock the ball away a little bit. Might not be a turnover, but the ball gets knocked away. He recovers it. Now there's less time on the clock, so um, you keep your eye out for that because that could, that could happen. But so far so good for Tatum. Um, and, uh, yeah, but Brown overall though, was aggressive, doing really well, you know, uh, had a couple of those moments where I'm like, "Is i I'm just going to the basket and you're not going to stop me. It helps you yeah. pool, um, you know, not trying or not trying to swipe or whatever, but, uh, on one of those, you're not stopping him. He was coming, he was bearing down full speed. Forget about it.
1: Yeah. He brings that thing on offense that a lot of the rest of the Celtics don't have just that foot speed and that elite, elite athleticism as good as Jason Tatum is. He doesn't have the burst. Of a Jalen Brown, and that showed yesterday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Tatum's a, a weird movement pattern. It's I'm still having a way mean, to figure it out.
1: He, he's a bigger guy. So, I mean, it's understandable, but he definitely yeah. doesn't have elite blow by ability. And sometimes that's the reason why he was taking a lot of those tough twos earlier in his career. And now he's just learned how to shoot the off the dribble three at a higher clip.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and I think he continued to develop his his body and his legs uh, and his mechanics to uh, sure. improve that. Jordan Poole as well. Jordan gets his knees get into weird positions over his feet, uh, and it leads to slightly off balance and tilting and teetering. I'm worried about that a little bit too, injury wise um and when when you get into a hyper state of arousal like this where things are going so fast you kind of really get worried about a guy like that because just watch his knees uh, next time and see the kind of angles he gets into it's pretty wild um and so i would be worried about that for him and then tatum is his shoulder there's some weird shoulder thing that he he does when he tries to swing up into the shot and um it just is it, it seems like it interrupts the rhythm every time and yet he'll still make them so he's figured that out enough but uh i always kind of you know i don't know about you but my eyebrow raises whenever he shoots because it just looks like there's something not
1: i know exactly what you're saying but what i always try to do as you know is look at the ball and the basketball seems to to me that it's doing the right thing but something about the body is jerky at the same time so I yeah. haven't quite understood exactly what he's doing, but the ball is moving in the right way.
0: It's the shoulder and elbow. It's that. And by the way, there's a, what's the funny guy that imitates the players in the court? They film those things. What's his Max name? Max is I, nice. I, yeah, Max is nice. He did one that someone showed me on uh, for a Tatum and it was pretty good. It was almost there. Um, it, it would have been really hilarious if he fumbled a couple of the ball, the dribbles uh, moves before he shot it. But anyway, I don't, we don't want to rip. Re- Listen, Jason Tatum's great. I, I, I he's, and he's a great guy too. I, I hate to making fun of him, but uh, Max is nice. Did a great, great job. Check it out on IG if you haven't. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Tony. Thank you for, for the nice words. Um, all right. We have another super chat. Let's see what this one is. Incognito. Good name. Good name. Was Tatum shooting bad, the, to focus on D. Okay. So we've talked about this a little bit in terms of uh, players, you know, if they're focusing so hard on defense, their offense will suffer. Don't ask Michael Jordan about that. Cause uh, he never had that issue, but um, what, what do you think? I'll throw it to you first. It was, was Tatum's struggles related to the fact that he had to work so hard on defense was his primary matchup Wiggins? Like I'm trying to picture now. I think it was.
1: Well, there is some truth that you only have a certain amount of bandwidth and energy On a basketball court if you're focused more on offense you're probably going to play better on offense if your focus is totally on defense you're not going to have as much energy on offense yeah michael jordan lebron james kobe it didn't really matter for those guys but a lot of other guys you'll see like certain seasons the focus will be defense for them and their offense might drop off a little bit just because of the role they have with that team so there is some truth to that but in this case i mean tatum is an elite two-way player so I'm not sure if it was the case here.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had his hands full. I'm looking right now at the matchups on the uh, NBA site, which th- th- I think that they're measured by the start of the possession. Like wh- who are you guarding then? Which doesn't mean anything, right? Because they, everybody switches, you have to rotate, whatever. But if you look at this in terms of minutes, uh total number of minutes, he spent the most time starting out on Draymond green, which is interesting. I, you know what? I, sometimes I forget and I'm watching everything. It's going fast. I'm in the middle of a video right now on the Celtics, but um I'm more on their offensive stuff, but uh, you don't, uh, you don't oftentimes pay attention to the matchups and Ime, you know, snuck that in there. I'm not sure I would have noticed, or I would have had Tatum on green. Now I got to look at that and figure out when that, how that matched up because who were, what was Horford, you know, at like Williams guarding Looney, but then Horford, who was Horford guarding in that situation? That's interesting. The next person they had to guard then would be Clay Thompson. The next would be Steph Curry. So yeah, those are the moments. And the Andrew Wiggins uh, right after that, pretty close together. So those are the moments where, yeah, he's chasing, he's got to really focus and move on a primary scorer. Uh, so that could take it out of you can make it a little more, a little bit more tired. But um, you know, I don't know. Like even the first the first one, for instance, that could have been the nerves in the first quarter. Uh, they do a down screen and Looney gets switched on to him and they throw it to him in, the, in the, you know, the elbow. And he has the whole world in front of him, and he just opts to do a jab, step, jab, step, you know, 17, 18-footer that was really contested and missed, right? Those are those moments where I was like, you should be doing a, you know, inside-out, whatever, spin, anything, get right by him, draw something. Uh, he did have an awesome skip pass to the right corner for a somebody three. Do you remember that one?
1: No, but I would say on your Jason Tatum point, sometimes when you're tired, you revert back to your tendencies from years ago. Because that's the guy you really were, and that's your muscle memory, and you kind of worked it out of yourself when you're not as tired. So that kind of all comes together and makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and and I think it's a guarantee he will shoot better in, the, in game two.
1: Right? Yes, yes. And I think Poole will play better on the other side. So we got to look yeah. out for those two.
0: Yeah, and, and because there are moments that Poole actually looked pretty good too. He, he hit at least one three. Let me make, make sure that's right. But, yeah, I think he hit
1: a First two. half he showed some flashes, right?
0: Uh, yeah uh, although then he then um, um, he then you know let Marcus smart just take the ball out of his hands um you know I, back in the day we would teach that a guy is that far on you want to like lower your head and kind of get your head into his chest and rip through a couple times and that that doesn't necessarily work like that anymore not, not for a guy like uh, smart who's gonna just dig in there and rip it out of your hands but Jordan Poole was two for seven one for five hit all four of his free throws and uh, was negative 19 to lead the team. <laughs> so, but right behind him was Otto Porter, who I thought played pretty well uh, on both sides of the ball. He had pretty good um, possessions on, on certainly shooting wise. And then on defense, pretty good. But then a couple times he completely just forgot to play defense all the way through. And, and the guy had a shot where they needed him to close out. So they're going to need better play from everybody all around. Um, we, but we have another super chat to get to. So, Oh my goodness. Nice. Let's get there. Thank you guys so much. You guys, this has really been, you know, I can't tell you how much it means to us um where is it though i see it at the top but i don't oh there it is maybe yes no i wish i could well i wish i could put this on i could see it on the top okay where is brandon 1042 oh anyway i'll find it first of all we have mr research tv um thank you so much mr research Where was Curry defense on Derek White? 21 points, and Poole couldn't play defense well. Green has to help everyone, so Horford and Tice can three easily. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, Tice even hit a corner three, which, you know, Tice can make a couple here every now
1: and then. But but that's what we wanted for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, White's threes for the most part Where I think we're on Poole, but the one that we already talked about that he hit on the left wing that tied the game at 103 – was i mean there's nothing that curry can, could have done more than he did uh anyway so yeah uh you know but but it's actually to me it's it's a culmination of letting him get comfortable right you can let up you know what well, you can perceive a bad shooter just take some open shots and then he also sudden he hits a couple now we got a garden but like now that he's hit a couple he's going to be a little bit more potent he might be and that's what they found out today horford was different and horford they're giving him target practice and so he got going anyway but and he, he can make those as it is um and let's see, Green has to help everyone. So, And Green, without question, would, was over-helping, too, getting positions he didn't need to be in, and then that would lead to Horford getting open as well. There was even a Horford uh, baseline shot down the stretch that was key. And Draymond was, like, under the basket, like, helping a guy who didn't need help, who's already, like, in decent enough position where his his area, where his where position was was redundant. And then as a result, he was nowhere near Horford who could shoot. Like, it was maybe a 12-footer, um, and he just dropped that one in. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Draymond is one of the best help defenders, team defenders we've ever seen, and there was some uncharacteristic mis- mistakes last night.
0: Yes. Um, I'm just reading someone nailing at us. About? Uh, let's
1: let's see. yell back. Let's yell back.
0: All right, well, we have, we have another Super well, I'm going to lose it. But anyway, all of you media dudes picked Golden State off of experience, like the whole squad has it. They do. The number is right. It was 100 and some games of experience versus zero. Um, Draymond, well, the, the series,
1: first of all, the series isn't over, but hey, call me a media dude, what, yeah, right? Call us media uh, dudes. What can we do?
0: <laughs> yeah, but but he is right that you know that Draymond is needs to be a better threat, uh, on offense, and what I mean by that, they're going to ignore him anyway, but he's just simply gonna have to score. I mean, the shots he missed were, were, were easy ish, so yeah. so.
1: So, I mean, the way to do that is usually to cut through space when you're not a shooter, right? I mean, that's the only other way to create gravity when yeah, you're not or, a Or you're, a ball,
0: you're the ball handler doing dribble handoffs and all that stuff, which is what he yeah. does. He, he's got it.
1: I meant know. off the ball. I meant off the ball when he doesn't have the oh, ball. Off the ball. Yeah, spaces. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and,
0: yeah. And, and, and screening, you know, all those pin downs, whatever. But but the, it's that corner position and I, uh, uh, that Kerr is going to look at. And um, if there are moments when he gets to the corner and he sees, like, you know, uh, Porter or Poole or anybody else – they should switch because more often than not on those drives and those uh, skips, uh, you know, that's the corner. is going to get that shot. And, uh, and in any kind of one more, which is what I like about the, the golden state warriors is the one more to, to Draymond on on the wing, then becomes he, they chase it right back and he can hand off and they get into that action. As long as there's time on the clock. And that's another way he can become, you know, uh, less of a, of a, of a problem on offenses because he's involved again, it's, he's on ball with the ball in his hand, but at least you can make, force the defense to have to deal with that action. So, Another-
1: it's, it's amazing on offense that um he gives you no gravity, and that's not where you want him with the Warriors. But as a weak side defender, he's usually awesome, and that is where you want him if you're the Warriors. So
0: yeah, it's a he's a conundrum to say the yeah, least.
1: Yeah.
0: Um let me get to uh Brandon. All right. So Brandon 94, thank you so much. The Warriors and he were undefeated at home prior to meeting the Celtics. What do you think makes the Celtics so successful playing away? Ooh. You know, it's a great question because it's not supposed to be that way. And I here's what I feel like the home court advantage thing. I, I, I suspect in the three-ball era, in the modern era, it does it feel to you like the home court advantage is becoming less of an advantage?
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Why? The three-point variance, as we talked about. I mean, I think guys are shooting. There's more guys that could knock down the three. And, and also, like – if you have one guy that can't play defense and you could target him, it doesn't matter what sides you're on, right? I mean, and everybody's offensive threat these days, right? So we could always target that one guy that's um, yeah not able to uh, play defense.
0: Well, here's Devil's Advocate. You know, on the road, you know, they're supposed to be intimidated and it's pressure and they're going to miss more, right? And they feel more comfortable at home. So th- that obviously doesn't necessarily apply either, right? Um, or it, it, by sheer volume, you can overcome whatever that is.
1: Here's another thing. I think also the middle of the road NBA player is so much better than they used to be. Therefore, the role players are closer to stars. Like, if you think about it, there's so many guys that are like right under that all star level if they're playing great. Like, I think of two guys on the Mavs, Spencer and Jalen, right? I think they're right on Derek White when he's playing well. He's right under that all star level. These role players are just a lot better than they used to be and closer to the star level player than than ever before
0: or the the way the game is played they're allowed they're on un, they're unfettered to do more things that we would never be able to see those role players do in the past right like like i mean listen here's a terrible example but the shooting coach for the lakers is mike um uh, penberthy. penberthy and he would tell me stories of like you know he would pretend to be iverson in the practices right and I, there was a i think this was reported even um, on the a scout team and he would do those moves and maybe like damn, like, where did that come from? He's like, I can do all this, but the coaches, he has told me this directly, where he's like, the coaches would not let me do anything besides catch and shoot it, even though he had those skills. So um, it's possible, you know, that they, those role players did have a lot of it, but they were, you know, so chiseled into these roles that um, that they were not allowed to get out of it. We never got the chance to see it. But to the detriment of their teams.
1: To the youth players watching this, I don't want to hear that excuse from you. The coaches and letting me do what I got to do. You're not Mike Penberthy. You're not at <laughs> yeah, least, right. least, least yet. Yeah. You can work up to that level, but right, we have another one out.
0: from Sean Jones. Um, smart one defensive player of the year, but is he in the conversation with guys like Kawhi Butler and Thibault in terms of being a wing defender? And, and thank you, Sean. It's very generous. Really appreciate the super chat. Um, let's see here. Is prime, he in the, I, mean, is I don't know. What do you think?
1: He's not in the conversation with prime Kawhi. He is in the conversation with Butler and Tybalt, I think. But those guys are really good. Tybalt does really some really unique things on defense that makes him really special. And Butler is just, he has that killer mentality on both sides of the floor. But to me, like two-way Kawhi, Raptors championship year, and even with the Spurs, he was a different level defender than those guys. Just super elite.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, listen, Tybalt, I think, is going to be better than all of those guys. I honestly mm. do. Um, the way that I mean, I mean, he's doing the kawaii stuff now, and if he could just, you know, get his shooting, the shooting, shooting, better, the shooting uh, he'll yet. get more minutes, and then he'll get more opportunities to, to do that. I, I haven't seen. I mean, what Thibault is doing, I think, is light years. I should do a video. I, I guess I, if I have I. I can't remember now, but it's, if I he, haven't, I got to do one.
1: He plays I mean, defense in a unique way. I would say that. Yeah, well, he
0: wants to play from behind. And yes, he can do yes. a lot of things, and a lot of his footwork is offensive footwork, which is, again, yeah. I've been seeing this for a while now, is we need to start developing all the splits and all the things we're doing on offense. We need to do that on defensive end, too, instead of step, slide, step, slide, or even turn and run is good. But we need to we need to open this up and let defenders have more uh, explosive uh, foot movements to keep them on pace with what's going on uh, with the offensive end. And, and Fiebel absolutely does that. uh, And I can't wait to like sit down with that guy and and pick his brain and figure out how we develop all these things.
1: Most definitely. I mean, he's a very unique defender. Butler's a great defender, but to me, like Kawhi is in a little bit different conversation, but I do think um, smart deserved it this year. He was the best. Well, some people would say Robert, uh, Robert Williams was the best defensive player on the Celtics, but in my opinion, he was the best defensive player on the best, defensive team so i think he deserved it but he's not on the level of prime Kawhi.
0: yeah no i listen somebody had to win it and um i i have no problem with with uh with smart winning it it's when it's almost like the academy awards you know you're trying to give an award to a piece of art and it's really subjective a lot of the time yeah. and the defensive player of the year award is kind of one of those things where i'm like I, you know if you're in the top three voting then you pretty much won it in my mind
1: it's, it's funny some people would say it's not subjective and then they would just give it uh, they would just use the numbers and give it to Rudy every year
0: yeah but please <laughs> don't get me started on defensive stats yeah they're and, tough I mean
1: they always lend its hand to the bigs like a guard won't win it if you just use stats
0: but but even still defensive stats suck they're, they're not accurate they're not measuring what they should be measuring um yeah. you know it, it's just they don't and you need if you're not doing it by hand or by or by eyeball or whatever then uh, I'm not trusting whatever uh, metrics you want to use. They just don't, they, they don't, you know, you can play the most amazing defense and get scored on. Now, those guys will argue that in the long run, in the macro sense, it'll even out. Like, you know, if you're playing that great defense consistently, then, you know, um, then it will, it will show. But I'll to me, it's just noise. It's noisy because, you know, the the best defender is going to play against the best offensive player and they're going to get scored on maybe more than anybody else because it's the best offensive player they have to play most of the time. But they might be playing amazing defense, hanging in the guy's jersey, making it much tougher than they are. And yet those are all negatives, you know, in in the uh, in the um, analysis. So. You know that that's the other issue, and then plus, if you're talking about rotational stuff, there's n- you need to watch out with your eyeballs, right? You can't you can't measure how good a guy is at rotating on the weak side.
1: Do you think that? Out. Do you think somebody could create a stat that's more accurate when it comes to defense?
0: No, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I mean, unless you had some sort of AI and and camera tracking, um, you know, and and they have something about the, the proximity to, uh, you are to the shooter when mm-hmm. they shoot it. But they don't know if he's facing the the offensive player, if he's sideways, if he's jumping, if he's not, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff there. That's a lot of of
1: variables. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, if they could solve some of that stuff, then great. It would save me some time, (laughs) but well, listen, we're going to be wrapping up in a few minutes. I know you got to get out of there, out of here soon, but um, so if you have the super chat, get it in now so we can get to it, get to it. But Whatever, let's, uh, let's start wrapping this up and talk about game two, what we expect and what we're looking thinking about heading into that game. So what, what are your predictions?
1: I think Poole will play better. I think Tatum will play better as well. I do think the Warriors will win it. They'll make adjustments. They're an experienced organization. They have experienced players. And you know that the playoffs is high-speed chess, so I'm looking for them to win that game.
0: Right. I mean, I would argue that maybe Steph won't shoot as well either, but I mean, they're giving him target practice. He wasn't like on fire 12 for 25 overall, seven for 14 was pretty good from three, but um, you know, so that's another one of those things to keep your eye out on. Uh, But yeah, I I think that to keep your eye on pool and how they're going to incorporate him and whether or not they give him a quick, uh, a quick yank, if he's not doing it well enough. And then I think that the um, it's obviously going to be the, the lineups Curry's uh, gonna have to manage the lineups a little bit better than than he did in this game, and and figure out more quickly uh, what's going to give him an advantage. Because if they can just get that one more lineup to give him a nice big positive boost alongside what appears to be to me that the starters will give them uh, an advantage, then uh, then that will be able to win them a game. Uh, but if they can't figure that out, and that's a little bit of the alchemy where you're never quite sure you know why or who and what fits together when. Uh, then then they're going to – then they'll struggle. And, uh, you know, the only thing they have going for them is that they're at home again, and that should help them as well. But, um, listen, I'm all for a, a long series. I could use another seven or six games of this. Couldn't you?
1: Most definitely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think this will be a close series. And, you know, some of the playoff series were a drag, but I think this one's definitely going to be interesting.
0: Now, uh, skip passing. Keep your eye on that as well because the Celtics really use it to their advantage. Skip pass, gang. Uh, we got another hey. half. Hey!
1: Skip pass um, game.
0: We got, let's do a shirt. Let's make a shirt for skip pass game. And then when I'll get you one, we'll wear it
1: for the next show or whatever. Let's get it done. Also, I think young players have to learn how to skip pass with either hand. Very important, especially for your young point guards.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. You know, Curry used to throw that all the time. I don't remember seeing him do that much. But, yeah, we'll see those hammer passes on the baseline, both hands. Uh, very. I mean, what level of, do you think a uh, player you – know, how old a player should be to, to master that or can be? Right
1: right before the teenage years makes sense to me i think really
0: you think that young people can master a skip pass with both hands
1: with the what was the weaker hand they should be starting to work on it obviously you're not going to have the spacing of a full nba court and getting it all the way maybe to that corner but start working on the skill i would say
0: okay interesting yeah. i mean yeah. i kind of you know if they're going to the left and it's a righty i'll have them do like you know the backhand pass which works pretty well and you'll see nba players do that versus a lefty hook or whatever Pat. um you know
1: Pat. Passing is like layups to me, it's like finishing. You need different options.
0: Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, we have another. Sean Jones is back again. Thank you so much, Sean. A really generous. Sorry to switch topics, but why is it that Bible is so underrated as a player when he's simultaneously the best wing defender in the NBA? Well, I mean, primarily, well, the question is, is he underrated? Because he struggles so much for a four year college player on offense. It's really bizarre. I would have thought he'd be more polished coming out. Um, But that's pretty much, I think, what it is. Uh, Is he underrated? Do you think he's underrated?
1: Slightly, because he brings so much value on defense. But then other times he's just off the court because he provides no spacing at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a real conundrum because he doesn't get the amount of minutes that you normally get for a guy that's like that great on defense. So um, if he would, then – and I got to check the most recent, you know, last month or so I've been playing. But in my mind, it was like 22, 23, 24 minutes. And um, he really should be a 32-minute-a-game starter uh, on a good team. So if he could just get that polished up in this summer or something like that, then I think he could get there. And then he'll be rated, I guess, properly. But as of right now, um, I, I think he's probably rated. Everyone recognizes how good he is on defense. They recognize the issues on offense. And, you know, we, that, that, that's where we are. I don't know if anyone's either hyping him or underhyping him on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, Roberson is a guy that just couldn't knock down the three, but he was really good on defense and he kind of struggled, I don't know, I don't want to say getting roster spots, but he didn't have the type of career he should have if he was able to just shoot it at an average clip.
0: You know, and it's it's all about, you know, sometimes who's working with him, right? I mean, I, I'm convinced 100%. guys like that who can make the NBA who are that, at that level of an athlete, you could teach to shoot at 34% from three. You should be, especially because uh-huh. uh-huh. Robertson's shots were were like, lick your thumb, you're so wide open, check the wind. Um, and, uh, and he still couldn't hit those. So, yeah, I, I agree that um, we need to have a uh, – uh, a, uh, like an intervention or, you know, like AA meeting or whatever. We need to have a support group for really, those yeah. amazing shooters that amazing defenders that don't shoot well and will and will help them.
1: You need to just focus in on the things that you have to be open to learning, right. And having the right guy teaching you like, but yeah. we're de- we definitely have so much knowledge now, even more than 10 years ago. Like we have so much more than even 10 years ago that if you just learn the right things and apply them, And it's even to a level where you don't have to put in as much work as before because we're so much smarter. You just got to work on the right things.
0: Absolutely. All right. Last one as we wrap this up. Incognito, thank you so much again for the double super chat. Did game one change the outlook of the series? Well, I don't think it changed your outlook, right? Mm -mm. And I, I, would I, am I going to back down from game six? I think I might have woken up this morning and was starting to think about Game Seven. I, I would like a Game Seven. It would be nice to have one of those in the finals, and everyone come flooding in the you know the YouTube channel and watching. Oh, Snapchat! Watch them on Snapchat. I do like these you know, kind of they, the similar version what you're seeing on YouTube, but like they're kind of tighter and a little bit uh, shorter and, and more focused. Um, check it out there. It's going like bonkers now on Snapchat. Who knew that uh, you know basketball breakdowns would do well there? But they are. So if you want you know, to,
1: uh, go ahead. You know where basketball breakdowns would do good where well everywhere besides everywhere instagram reels
0: you know i've been i've been letting my instagram languish and i used to do little micro pieces of content on there and, and they used to do well and i and i just you know i don't know i'm not have to either get uh, maybe there's an intern out there that wants to do this for me i, I gotta find someone um and uh, and finally just let them do it so
1: you've got to repurpose um, um, across all platforms coach nick you know that
0: i know i know i need some help somebody help me out there but combo you got to get out of there I got to get back to the video. Stay tuned for that. Watch the video yesterday. God damn it. Um, everyone watched it. The first hour it was amazing. And then it tailed off when the game started. But I went through all the finals uh, with Steph Curry and the, and the KD and who was getting doubled, who wasn't. And if I didn't make it clear in the video, I thought I did. But if I didn't, uh, they did, they didn't really double either of them that much. And what I show was pretty much most of the clips that they that they, where it actually happened at all. But we're gonna have to have a tutorial combo of what a double team is because people mm. people are confused. Non coaches are are confused about what a double is,
1: or maybe even some coaches,
0: and maybe some coaches. But either way. Um, combo awesome stuff great show a lot of people here it was really great to have especially in, a, in, a, in an off hour really nice to see so thank you all for coming we'll get back at it i don't know stay tuned about uh, sunday we might try and do a live watch party but i got like a lot of people in my house right up until five o'clock when the game starts
1: yeah i think yeah. i think su- sunday's probably not gonna work we, i think we're gonna aim for game three right okay cool
0: now yeah. but i might sneak a post-game show in there if you're around i don't know but i don't know what you're on sunday but um you know, if not, stay tuned for that. But keep your eye on that on that community tab and uh, keep your eye on, on Twitter and everywhere else, and you'll 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 find out what's going on. So thank you, combo. Thank you everybody out there for the super chats, awesome stuff. And um, don't forget sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown. We're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in combo?
1: Yes, sir.